0: Episode 219 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky Basketball and Recruiting Podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. Source Say Podcast is presented as always by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations that's on Wellington Way or Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by big blue drew of a sea of blue uh back again for a champions classic so last season i remember uh, drew we did the uh, post game reaction following kentucky's loss against duke in new york city and now here we are driving up together for the champions classic in indianapolis where the wildcats are set to take on uh, michigan state drew thank you for coming on with us and uh it feels like basketball season is officially here.
1: Absolutely. Excited to be here. And, and you're right. We've traded a uh, New York City hotel in Manhattan for dreary I-65 North headed up to Indianapolis. So trade Madison Square Garden for Gainbridge Arena. And uh, we were also together the last time Kentucky played here, which did not go as well against St. Peter. So I'm looking forward to some redemption tonight in the premier event in college
0: basketball without question. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. It's a, a very, very anticipated game. Kentucky's coming off two blowout victories against Howard to open the season and then against Duquesne, a 25 point win there uh, to close out uh, this past week. But uh, all eyes have been on this game. This is the, you know, the premiere, the, 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 the premier event of college basketball all eyes on our program uh, this is the day that i think we're going to find out a whole lot about this team uh the biggest news drew the fact that oscar shibwe is going to be playing talking to some people around the program the expectation is that oscar shibwe will be available uh, it's going to be on a limited minute basis based on how he plays how how he's how comfortable he is what his pain tolerance is, are gonna check on his swelling and things like that. But uh, all signs pointing to Oscar Sheboy making his season debut, and what better time for that to happen? Considering Michigan State is as physical and uh, you know the, the low post dominant as they are, and, and, and you know that's, that's kind of the what they're known for, that physicality. Uh, great to have the big fellow back.
1: Yeah, definitely. In the game, you know, one of three chance you're gonna play Michigan State, you know, each year. So. For it to be the year of this, you want it to be Oscar out on the floor. I mean, National Player of the Year. And, Jack, I think it's telling that we're already, like, a week into this conversation about will Oscar make it, you know, to the Champions Classic now. And it's not a throwaway game for Kentucky if he didn't play. So I'm excited to see how Cal's going to use this depth, you know, that we've all seen. He's got 10 guys that are going to get in tonight. What does that look like under the big stage? And this game moving from the first game of the year to I guess you know for Kentucky the third also for Michigan State I think it's gonna play a factor you know both of them got a chance to tune up obviously Michigan State had a monster matchup with you know a top team in the country so so they're already battle tested which is a big difference um switching it from the first game so I've (laughs) I was also laughing this week Jack I maybe it's just me but have you noticed there's been way less hype build-up commercials and stuff to the Champions Classic I feel like it's normally kind of forced down our throat and then I was uh, swiftly reminded because of no Coach K. Ouch. And it's so true.
0: Yeah, I, I I, didn't really realize that. This is going to be our first Champions Classic without Coach K. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be an interesting sight to see this Duke team. I'm not super high on, on, you know, not necessarily John Shire as a coach, but I just think there's going to be a significant adjustment period. They got the, you know, the the appeal and the oh you know the the coach K uh he's still going to be around the program he's going to make an impact they got some of those type of recruits that you know just kind of show that Duke is still a a prominent program but I think there's going to be a clear drop off and I think we're starting to see that already in the class of 2024 and we're going to see some of that with you know moving forward but I'm excited to see them and see you know if if these other recruits live up to the hype you know Derek Lively was a guy that Kentucky recruited hard um you know Back during his recruitment, but how things work out uh, instead, Kentucky gets you know Oscar Sheeboy back for another year. Derek Lively goes to Duke. Uh, Ugo ends up coming to Kentucky, no. and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him because obviously he's been making a bunch of headlines and with his play. Uh, and then Lance Ware back, Damian Collins, Jacob uh, Jacob Toppin, uh, a heck of a front court that uh, I don't know where Derek Lively would have fit into that group. But um, I, I I agree. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why this event isn't as Exciting. Yeah, I was laughing. Yeah.
1: I, thought, I thought that that was funny when that was pointed out to me because I just feel like I see commercials and radio and probably especially last year with it being um, the kickoff to his uh, tour. But anyway, forget Duke. We got the Cats and the Spartans tonight. Um, Ugo's probably a great place to start, Jack, because I was going to say... Um, I don't want to say the bright lights because not Madison Square Garden, but this is a huge game. You know they're going to get a chance. Ugo performing tonight against Michigan State, who's always known to be rough and tough. Uh, Sissoko's really good. He he played awesome. Their first game. We know Michigan State had a chance to beat Gonzaga, so uh, players like him, Chris Livingston's another guy that comes to mind. Just um, I'm anxious to see what uh, some of the players were not sure kind of how they fit in, what they do
0: tonight. Ugo is a Seven foot shot blocking menace of, of of sorts. Seven foot four, seven foot five wingspan. Um, I'm really, really intrigued with what he brings to the table. On, you know, under the bright lights uh, at the Champions Classic, he's a guy that we've talked about on the show several times. Just didn't arrive to America until January. Didn't get on campus until late August, and now there's a very significant chance he plays real minutes tonight. I think that he is, you know, just from an outsider's perspective, you know, I, I think that the coaching staff might think differently just because of the reliability that Lance Ware brings, you know, exactly what he's going to provide and there's comfort in that. Uh, but man, I just think there's so much to like about Hugo and I'm really, I, I really think he could be the difference in, in uh, you know, a game changing talent with his shot blocking. Cal spent the entire offseason talking about the value of shot blocking and how his best teams were, you know, Elite shot blocking presence. Uh, at least had one or two shot, elite shot blocking presences on the team, uh, and I just don't know how if you spend the entire offseason praising that, and you know looking back into the history of the co- of your teams, and not knowing you have the one of the best shot blockers in college basketball, and not use him. And I think that's just. I, I feel like this could be a defining moment for him where. It's going to be one or the other, and Kyle just says, you know what, screw it, I'm going with the young kid, we're going to see what he can do.
1: It's not just been how well he's played, it's just his immediate impact. I mean, it's like the second he checks on the floor, he's blocking shots, altering shots, usually scores a quick basket, maybe draws a foul. So if he has that same immediate impact, like if he goes out there, checks in, blocks a shot on the first possession or two, then I'm going to be blown away because um, it's just impressed me how he's not had to acclimate to the game at all. Like he just steps in, and um, I think that – probably speaks to his just natural ability of blocking shots so sky's the limit for him i'm excited to see how he'll perform against a proven big i guess at michigan state and i know when i hoop jack we did the michigan state rebounding drill so most people know that ball too big to fit in the rim no rules you know there's so many hands that can get on it and usually it's like you know the first one to five or ten or 15 rebounds depending on how crazy your coach was so that's always something preached within that program it doesn't matter if they're ranked or not um, they would be ranked. There's a, a possession or two difference. They beat Gonzaga. They'd probably come in here as a top 15 team. So they're good. Um, they've proven that. And it'll be interesting. sad to see if Kentucky does have more physicality than they've seen all year. And um, I like it, though. I like the Cats right about, I think they're minus seven right now. God, I like it. I like it, Jack.
0: So... The front court, the physicality, the you know the toughness—that's kind of been the name of the game. That's what everybody's talking about. Uh, I think the silence is deafening regarding the Michigan State backcourt and the guard play, and I think that is where Kentucky is going to have a significant advantage. Uh, I know Hoggard is as a guy that uh, you know plays a prominent role for them. I think he's going to get big minutes tonight. Uh, I don't think that he has the quickness. I don't think he has the. Uh, he, I don't think he has the speed and the athleticism. To, to, to keep up with what Kentucky has in the backcourt, back I think you could find a very, very significant upgrade uh, and a, a clear mismatch with Xavier and the pace that he provides. I think this could be a big Xavier-Wheeler game, Drew, uh, just understanding the spotlight what he brings to the table uh you know pushing the pace the tempo things like that I, I would not be shocked if we get a big Xavier Wheeler night but also I- I'm excited to see how Cason Wallace plays uh and you know his his lockdown defense I think uh, it's going to be something that a lot of uh, fans are excited to see on the national stage just uh, how just how good Cason Wallace really is. Well, as the president of the Xavier Wheeler fan club, I agree with most of that. But I will say there's an
1: eerie like similarity between last year and a Trevor Keels feel with A.J. Hogarth because he's another big strong guard that you're like, oh, you know, that's we're not true. expecting him to slam us offensively and then just goes off. But maybe that's a good thing because obviously if I remember that, Xavier Wheeler, Kentucky, John Calipari remembers that. So. They'll be tough. Xavier Wheeler's defense, I know some people stress over it if there's a taller guard or something, but I think his pressure um, will, you know, is going to have the ability to wear them down. And, yes, you're 100% right, though. Kentucky's backcourt should have the upper hand in um, shooting. Maybe the, n- the next place to go, similar to how I want to see Ugo go out and that just make that immediate impact. If guys like C.J. Frederick, um, Antonio Reeves, if they go out and are making shots again, Jack, again, um, that's going to be – sorry, I'm completely distracted that there's a semi completely turned over on the road Yeah, it does not look like, not look good.
0: We'll let you know the content. It looks uh, – I don't know. It doesn't look very promising yeah. at all. Yeah, live, live play-by-play here as as we're driving. Um, yeah. We're
1: shooting. I, shooting. I said if we, if Kentucky goes out, shoots over like 40% tonight, takes some you know, 12, 15 threes, whoo, because I think that's more than anything. I mean, if this team's making outside shots – you should, you know, between that core of, uh, you know, front court guys, that they're going to be
0: tough to beat. Yeah, that's, you know, all eyes are on those two as well. Antonio Reeves, C.J. Frederick, leading the team in scoring and shooting to start the year. They combine uh, for as many, you know. Th- th- Cal talked about wanting to hit that twenty-five three-point mark uh, per game, which we've never even come close to that. Cal hasn't had a team surpass the twenty-three-point uh, attempt mark per game, uh, and he wants to up that by five. And he said it could be even more than that if my my guys continue to shoot the way they do. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see how those two together uh, talk to me. What do you think about the value that C.J. Frederick brings to the table and how quickly you know he's kind of emerged as a potential star on this team? You know, not just from a scoring perspective and a shooting perspective, but the defense that he provides and the playmaking and, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over and and he just, you know, Cal continues to rave about how he just does everything right. He plays the game the right way. And I think in a game like this especially where it is the bright lights, it is, you know, the the, the, the just – the attention, the talent, going against another very significant, you know, high level opponent. Opponent in the Big Ten, where you know he he came from uh, from Iowa. I think this is going to be a really big opportunity for CJ Frederick to kind of you know be the stable presence in the backcourt, you know, on the wing. I think he's going to knock down some big shots, and, and uh, you know he's he's going to have his coming out party that I'm looking forward to uh, after his long journey back onto the floor. Uh, I think Kentucky's going to need his stable uh, scoring and shooting presence in the, in, on the wing.
1: Uh, Quick update. The contents of the overturned truck was canned goods, so kind of unexciting. We won't make any jokes, though, because there could have, like, definitely been some fatalities. That was a horrible wreck. Um, Back to CJ Frederick. Woo! He's impressed me, Jack. Like you said, you know, when I did my exercise at the beginning of the year, we've talked about this, like, you you know, 200 minutes, you know, where are they going to come from? I had him penciled in for 8, 10 minutes. Like, I I just didn't know, you know, how good he was and where he would fit in. But, I mean, every step of the game, he's just knowledgeable about it and he's like a coach's son on the court for sure like his rotations and stuff are going to be like a great stabilizer with communication on defense and tonight's probably going to be a really good example of um you know the loudest place they this team's played in so far and um he's always in the right spot so I, you know our anticipation maybe as, as Kentucky fans or whatever um coming in with him just being kind of a spot up knockdown shooter has been totally surpassed already so we'll see what he has tonight but man CJ hits three threes or so and this team really is like starting to like scary the sky's the limit I,
0: I, I if there's a player I'm maybe worried about I, I, I don't know if worry is the right word but somebody that I'm really keeping a close eye on Antonio Reeves the jump that you know, from Illinois State, he has never played in an environment like this. He already said that he had first game jitters for Kentucky's first exhibition game, uh, and I know when you know it was the first exhibition game, he struggled shooting a little bit. He had to kind of get out of his funk before kind of getting his groove uh, at the rupper you know, at Rupp Arena, the atmosphere, the crowd, the noise, all that stuff. He's never had anything come close to that. This is going to be magnified times five uh, basically for the you know premier programs of college basketball every seat filled uh you know all the bright lights of espn dick Vitale's making his return to the hardwood this season this is you know this is going to be the game that i think everybody uh you, you know if you're going to have jitters i think this could be a jitter game and antonio Reese has already kind of admitted that he's gotten that in the past and it just took one exhibition game to figure that out and you know he's gotten it you know his shooting stroke found since then at Rub, uh, but watch out for that one. I, I mean, I'm interested to see how he adjusts uh, when the when the uh, on the big stage at uh, in Indiana, Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, I'll triple down on that too, and add two other guys um, with Kaysen and Chris Livingston. I think to your point, um, tonight could be a confidence killer for a little bit. But on the flip side, especially when you're talking about Antonio Reeves, if he comes out here and hits his first couple shots. Just the way that he plays, if he gets on a heater and is really riding that momentum, um, again, going back, that could be scary talking about him and CJ out there just shooting the ball that confidently. Um, and also, Kaysen and Chris, you know, they know that the, they're five star freshmen. They're used to getting their way. Um, we saw Kaysen struggled a little bit in the last game with pressure, um, you know, so it's going to be definitely, you know, increasingly difficult tonight. So, those three guys I think you could keep around is just, you know, maybe wanting to see positive stuff happen early. Um, Because building their confidence up could be the ultimate difference over, you know, early part of the season. And guys like Chris Livingston, you know, where do you fit in? Because, again, 10 guys are going to get in. You know, what's that going to look like, you know, in Christmas? We'll see.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Antonio Reeves, after he struggled shooting the ball a little bit, the very next game, I think he went out and launched 12 attempts from deep. (laughs) So he is clearly a guy that uh, he has the confidence and it's not definitely not a confidence thing. I guess it's just a, you know, getting acclimated, get your feet wet going, okay, this is what Kentucky basketball is. This is what all this is about. Uh, That's where the adjustment could come from. I don't think it's ever going to be a confidence thing. It just could be a, you know, maybe an inefficient shooting night. Now, Drew, Jacob Toppin is a guy that I think uh, has struggled a little bit to start the year a little bit, I think, more than he anticipated. Uh, He kind of opened up after this last game where he was a little inefficient shooting. I think he finished 4 of 12 uh, shooting the ball. You know, did other things well, rebounded well. Again, that's kind of been a very significant bright spot on this team. Uh, but I, he was very vulnerable talking about it. You know, just I work so hard and, uh, you know, I get all the sh- – I lead the team in shots and in, in practice and I, I'm doing everything right in practice, but it's not translating to the game. Uh, and I kind of had him, you know, Penciled in as a guy that who who could emerge in this type of setting. He's you know I think he struggled a little bit uh, last season the Champions Classic. Keon and, and both him and Keon both struggled uh, in Madison Square Garden, and uh, I, I'm interested to see. You know how he adjusts after a, you know a little bit of a slow start to the season. Uh, he's looking for his kind of breakout moment after wanting to be that star, emerging as a star on this team. Uh, and I, I'm interested to see if this could be an environment for him where he thrives.
1: Yeah, Jacob needs to go back to doing what he does. I think to get comfortable, you know, crash the board, slash, use your athleticism to be pesky on defense, and then I think all his developmental stuff will come into play. I'll start, you know, he'll make his shots. All that's going to come. I think, you know, through the flow of the game. It's been (laughs) surprising to me to start the season. Like, his, you know I'm a Kobe fan, Jack, so he has got the Kobe fadeaway down. I mean, it is like patented leg kicks and everything. And it looks good. Everything, I mean, he's right. His shot's much improved, but I'm still not, you know, so that's what this team needs or, you know, what he needs to be ultimately focused on as a player, um, at least early on. And tonight's a great night to get at it. You know, they're going to need scrappiness against Michigan State. and, And I think he still will provide that. If there's one thing Jacob Toppin has proven is that he's a gamer. Like He shows up. He typically has um, Jack played above his talent level when Kentucky's needed him most, especially in the dreadful you know, 9-16 season or whatever. So I'm not worried about Toppin. Oddly enough, he was the first player we talked about when I got in the car with you um, as, as hoping to see a highlight dunk tonight, and I think he's going to get one. I mentioned that um, his 360 dunk against number one Auburn on the road that we were not able to celebrate because choked out and lost that game so tonight i think jacob's got something for him remember too jack he played really well actually the last time they were here and for some reason you know didn't get a ton of yeah. clock in that second half but he had an awesome dunk pinned somebody's stuff on the backboard so watch jacob topping backdoor alley from Savir, joey hauser maybe i think that's his name He's gonna be my top choice for the victim, but it could be anybody. <laughs> Sissoko, watch out too.
0: <laughs> uh, I think this is also gonna be uh, the return, and I guess the season debut of Damian Collins after the uh, awful, awful, awful passing of his dad, and uh, it's been a obviously a difficult journey for him getting back to the floor and you know just kind of adjusting mentally because that's something that you know we've talked on this show about how close they were, and you know uh, it's always. You know, it's almost impossible to overcome when you lose a parent, especially at this age, and especially one that you're as close to as Damien was. So uh, that's somebody that I- I'm interested to see. I, I, I truly don't know. I could see him go out there and you know want to make a statement and really show out, or I could also see him kind of you know revert back to the shy, reserved, uh, you know, Damien that you know wasn't going out of his way to shine. You know, a guy that fit in okay, but you know, really. Didn't emerge as that high potential superstar athlete with you know you know six ten athlete with a forty five inch vertical. You know I think we've been waiting for that, and this was going to be the perfect opportunity for him this season to become that. Um, and and I, I admittedly I think this is a setback, and and I'm curious to see this is his first game back, uh, how he adjusts, and you know I think it could go either way.
1: It'd be fantastic to see him check in and just make a. Um you know, some form of, like, momentum-changing play because you know that's what he does. Either block a shot, slam dunk it on somebody, something like that. Can you imagine, Jack, the charge that'll give this team if he checks in and gets a quick score or blocks a huge. shot? I think every Kentucky fan, I mean, I almost kind of got a little chill just saying it because yeah. you know that's going to, you know, I can't imagine my father passing away and going through all that he's going through, coming back, playing in a game like this. So, um, you know, that might be the first time, you know, since – he he heard that news maybe that things feel a little normal or that he can um, you know, his mind's on something else. I'm sure his teammates will rally around that and on the flip side again, like just the fact that, you know we didn't know if he was going to be available. We didn't know if Oscar was going to be available and no one's sitting here talking about, oh, you know, the Cats might lose. It's no big deal. Throw this one away. We didn't have the national player of the year like Kentucky's deep. So, you know, that could play a role in how many minutes he gets. I think you're absolutely right. I do. I could see Cal you know, going with the, the vet, Lance Ware, he, he's built for this game too, really. He loves talking trash. He loves getting in the paint. He's not afraid to use some fouls. So, could be a Lance Ware night. So, um, but yeah, I'd love to see something positive happen with Damian Collins. That'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah, and I think this is going to be our first real test to see, you know, Cal talked about having 11 scholarship players that can play, you know, that, that could be in the rotation. But he said, I want this rotation to be eight. And, unfortunately, that's going to result – in some pretty solid talent not being able to play. Uh, First real game where we get, you know, it's not going to be a platoon thing like we saw a couple exhibition games ago where we got to see, you know, a five-out, five-in, and uh, you know, four-out, you know, another four-back-in, however Cal has been doing it in the past. I don't see See us having these mass, you know, mass exoduses and, and you know entries like we've seen the platoon year. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how this rotation unfolds because Cal uh, wants it to be eight, but I don't know how you turn down those bottom three or at least two, um, you know, out of the out of the, that rotation. How do you see that playing out tonight?
1: Aside from any like uh, unforeseen foul trouble, Jack, I really wish I knew the pregame plan. For that for minutes like you know is it is it all going to be based off performance and how the game's going or you know is this kind of like approaching this like an nba style going in and you know i really want to very much try to get this guy this guy and this guy or if he already has a shortened rotation down in his mind i have no idea so that to me is by far going to be the biggest thing to keep your eye on is just how many players are getting in and i guess like more specifically to make it make more sense like you know if kentucky gets down eight points early is he still planning to do that, or is he going to kind of, you know, lean with some older guys and some guys he knows he can count on? It's Fully expect to see a heavy dose of Case and Wallace no matter what, Xavier Wheeler. I, I still think if he's not at risk of getting hurt an 80% Oscar is going to be far better than anything else, so I, you know, I'd say he's going to still let him run some good minutes assuming that he can't hurt himself any further, you know, whether they're keeping an eye on it or whatever. But, right. um but yeah I don't know I'm anxious to see if how many guys get in what the minutes look like and who performed
0: because that's going to be an indicator
1: going forward you, you already know if he wants to shorten it down
0: and I'm gonna put you on the spot what is going to be tonight's starting lineup oh
1: good one uh man I'll say Savir CJ Frederick man that the three up uh hmm. Jacob Toppin how many I'm up to let's see three uh Oscar's not going to start, so... You don't think so? I don't know. I don't know. If he does, just like he did with Xavier last time, you know, he did, not but he played heavy minutes, so I'm I'm wondering if he's going to follow that mode, but I'll say Lance Ware gets in there, and
0: maybe Ugo gets a start. I don't know. You, oh, I, I think we don't I leave I, out. I, well, you you did top in Ugo and Lance potentially, which I think Kentucky fans would I just vomit. Don't, I wanted make to it a, say Chris Livingston. I just don't see him getting a start.
1: You don't think Kason starts? Uh, yeah, I guess I could see those three starts. So Xavier,
0: Kason. See, that's where the three are always. I, I don't know, and then you got to put CJ there. I think I think it's going to be our first look at our real starting lineup of Savier, Kason. I'm going CJ Jacob and Oscar. I, yeah. I think I think I think they'll want Oscar to start to set the tone. You know to you know he him being the stable force. All right, I got this. I've been here before. He balled out last year in the Champions Classic. You know he played well the last time they were in Indianapolis against St. Peters. So I think that they're going to want him to kind of set the tone and ease him out or back in however they need to Uh, but I think that's going to be our main starting five this year assuming CJ Frederick continues to play well
1: I say if Oscar starts he's playing 25 minutes like minimum so I'd love to see Oscar go out there and start like I said you can the injury updates we've got you know I feel like we're like October 11th was no dancing at madness November 11th was like ahead of schedule based off that surgery so I don't know how those two things can really go together so um, I was just looking at the mode of what he did with Saveri. Now, he didn't start the game, but I think he played like 25, 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he looked fine as soon as he checked in. So, I'd love to see Oscar start. And um, I think you're right. Ultimately, that's, that's what the lineup will look to get to, assuming
0: everyone stays and remains healthy let's uh go couple keys to the game uh give me your we'll, we'll do two a piece what are your two keys to the game for Kentucky's win
1: oh I'll go like super basic rebounding it's playing Michigan State you're gonna have to rebound the basketball Kentucky has the guys to do it so really just need to be locked in gritty come out ready to play um beat Michigan State on the boards or at least don't get don't get beat you know bad on the boards and then shooting we know that's what's What we've been yearning for, um, just kind of offensive execution, so refreshing to me that we want to see this team continue to do it. And we're not talking two games in about we hope to see or we expect Antonio to get hot or, you know, CJ's proven at Iowa he can shoot the ball. Like, we've already seen it in the Kentucky uniform. So sustaining that, like I said, if Kentucky can, you know, I'd love to see them take you know, in the teens, threes, or something like that. And if they can shoot, you know, if they're making around 40% of their – their threes in any given game or more. Like I really do think they're going to be hard to beat with Oscar cleaning everything else up. So rebounding, shooting. I I got the cats by seven. I love the spread. I said
0: 77-70. Oh, I, I love it. Um, I am going to say I need somebody from the four spot to emerge tonight. I already know what Sav. I, you know, I, I know what Xavier's going to give me. I know what Kason's going to give me. I know what Oscar's going to give me. I know what CJ and even Antonio Reeves are going to give me what am i going to get from jacob Toppin? what am i going to get from damian collins and shoot throw in chris livingston for that, that x factor yeah uh, that the, the chris livingston he's been stepping in at the four and cal mm-hmm. continues to rave about him he you know had five points and a, you know six rebounds or whatever it was uh, against duquesne and cal you know raved about him said you know i really liked what he provided and the, you know the physicality he attacked he rebounded well and uh, knocked down a, 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 a you know solid shot in the corner, I think on a uh, catch and shoot look from Xavier Wheeler. Uh, I think one of those three needs to emerge uh, to really just figure out, can Kentucky get a star from that group uh, and can they do it in this setting? And, I, and I'm kind of hoping that Jacob Toppin is that guy because, you know, with all the praise about him sending him down, uh, you know, he was supposed to go down for SSC Media Day to represent Kentucky and, you know, I think when push comes to shove, I think uh, Jacob is you know going to have a, a breakout game, and, and so he's he's uh, that four position in general, but I, I'm looking very, very closely at Jacob. Um, you know, I agree about the shooting. I think Kentucky needs one of C.J. Frederick or Antonio Reeves to get hot. You don't need both of them to go off the way they have to start to open the year. I shoot
1: 10 threes between them. I'd that, love to see them shoot 10 threes between them. Um, I feel like that would probably mean good things, I hope. A, 10
0: attempts and four makes between them i'm at the 40 mark yeah i have to
1: light it up like crazy if this team is shooting around 40 percent, and i said in any given game i think that's a lot for the season to ask for maybe to be right there but yeah they're gonna be tough to beat shooting the ball that way
0: and i'm also i guess this is this can be my third uh savier wheeler a guy that got a lot of criticism following his saint peter's performance kind of you know struggled quite a bit down the stretch you know I, you know i think it was a little undeserved criticism for you know i don't think he played horribly you know I think his numbers were fine and he I, he was trying to uh, assert himself in an offense where Kellen Grady was really struggling Ty Ty Washington was really struggling to shoot the ball nobody else was stepping up and he was trying to do uh, a lot more than I think that was you know needed for him so I'm kind of interested to see how he you know returns in the same venue that ended his ended his season last year that he got so much criticism for all the backlash. Oh, Salvier is, you know, can't shoot. He's a turnover prone point guard. Why can't Kentucky upgrade that position? Blah, blah, blah. I, I'm looking for him as a guy to, you know, be like, all right, the last time you all saw me in this gym is where I got my, my, you know, my biggest critics. I'm ready to, to shut those guys up and prove that I am the, you know, Bob Cousy award finalist. I am on the watch list for a reason. I did lead that to see an assist for a reason. Uh, I, I'm excited for a bounce-back game for him as well. So uh, I need uh, a, a bounce-back game for Xavier. I need a star performance for Jacob Toppin or somebody from the four spot. Uh, and I need uh, 10 combined three-point attempts between C.J. Frederick and, and Antonio Reeves and at least four makes. And I think Kentucky uh, is going to roll. I, I think if those things happen and Oscar plays a normal amount of minutes, I think I think we can see a double digit win for Kentucky. I would not be shocked if this turns into a 12 ish point win. A really big statement. I just think the talent. I think the guard play is really, really going to favor Kentucky. And if they can, you know, neutralize that front court and really, uh, you know, not like you said, Drew, not get blown out on the on the glass and have Oscar really, you know, make a statement in that in that area. I, I think Kentucky could roll.
1: Yeah, Xavier Wheeler and Casey really should just be able to. Bully ball tonight, and just kind of use their strength. And you know, trading guys like Kellen Grady for Case and Wallace just makes me feel so much better because it's not, um, you know, you're not relying on, you know, momentum and getting high, and you know, is physicality going to bother them. So I think that uh, all the all the pieces are there. But we know with Calipari teams and just how college basketball works, finding that continuity. Is going to be, um, you know, the most important thing. But I'm with you. I don't see. I think if the the best version of Kentucky wipes the floor
0: with Michigan State, so we'll just have to see which one shows up. And uh, let's get out of here with this. What would a win? Actually, two more things because uh, I want to get your take on uh, the big news that happened yesterday. But what? What would a win tonight, a statement win, not a, you know, a last second, you know, they eat Kentucky struggles and, and you know, they, they eke one out. What would a statement win where they cover the spread like we're both predicting? Uh, what would that do, A, for the team's confidence, B, for the national, you know, expectations and, and coverage and, and, you know, just the hype surrounding this team? What would that statement win tonight mean, especially going into the Gonzaga game on Sunday?
1: Well, shout out to Kentucky fans because I, it seems like not that long ago I remember talking to you in Indy after the horrible loss. And I was saying over and over for weeks, Jack, that like, I just didn't think there was going to be nothing to invigorate the Big Blue Nation until another March win. Or even said maybe a huge neutral site win. But honestly, like even up to the Bahamas, like I kind of felt like it was already washed away a little bit and we were ready to be back and like have a good team we felt like we had a good team so um i think nationally like i had a guy yesterday from um you know big michigan state insider and like nationally people don't fault that loss as hard as we take it here they know like michigan state they referenced theirs um you know they had that terrible loss so nationally i just think um kentucky's always been painted probably in a you know a better light as far as what the stance of the program but I do. I think Kentucky fans need and deserve it. So, yeah, beating a a, a wannabe blue blood would be good. So, yeah, 10-point win, especially then you go out 3,000 miles and get another win. And then you're talking about, like, really, really kind of moving forward from a, what was a devastating loss last year. And then expectations are high, though. So with uh, with that will come that reward.
0: Uh, let's get out of here with this big, big news. Yesterday, talking about momentum of the program and getting that, uh, you know, that energy back. DJ Wagner is a Kentucky Wildcat. Uh, a decision that we've been, you know, previewing for a while. Something that we've expected for a while. Him to end up at Kentucky, but man, uh, you know, I, I we obviously like we do with every show you know, commitments, try to get things pre-recorded. And we had it pre-recorded, ready to go. Um, But I don't think I expected just how crazy the fans would react to dj committing to kentucky i mean it was and then the number the traffic on our website the numbers on our, our podcast just the all evening reaction following his commitment to kentucky drew it was unbelievable i mean i i it, it truly felt like the the glory days like right in the, the heat of john calipari when he first got here you know getting guys like you know, when Anthony Davis committed and when you know you got Julius Randle committed you know just the energy behind that that holy crap commitment and I think that's what it, that's what it really felt like yesterday afternoon uh, what was it from your perspective and uh, you know we'll get into you know what it means and, and uh, just your, your thoughts on DJ and how excited you are for him well
1: I was definitely in the camp I'm happy to just put it to bed I'm glad it's done I'm glad he's going to be a wildcat and it's awesome too Jack because it's like The longest flex ever like for years and years we just it was a you know foregone conclusion dj wagner was coming to kentucky there was a minor speed bump over the summer that i think was you know made to be a mountain when really it was kentucky all along so it was like we got him then we got him again and we got to just flex the whole time and then we got to officially flex yesterday so from that aspect it was kind of unique and cool how long it, it, it was drawn out i wrote something that said like i don't know you know if dj's a generational player but i do think that recruitment in so many ways was generational just for you know everybody was you know the amount of people involved family ties just you know all the basketball strings in kentucky so and then thinking about again win tonight have a you know what everyone expects to be a really good team this year you start looking at the future and I almost can't even think about next year Jack because you you just get so excited wanting to watch them play so man Cal got knocked down and boy did he get back up because everything I mean just full steam ahead for Kentucky basketball was win some of these marquee games and yeah DJ was just boom cherry on top well yeah I
0: mean you you bring up that point about you know being focused on you know it's hard to get excited for next year when you have even this You know how good this team was. You saw that with Cal and his shirt that he that he wore. I love that. I thought it was a great touch. He's talking about you know stressing patience and saying uh, you know this team might go through some early struggles. I don't know what to expect against Michigan State. They're physical. They're well coached. Uh, You know I'm really worried about this game. Uh, You know just got to go into it as he's wearing a shirt with uh, you know DJ Rob Reed. Justin yeah. and Aaron, you know, from from top to bottom on, on his shirt, a clear flex, and, and you know, at the very end of it, he goes, uh, you know, even I need to tell myself to be patient sometimes. Yeah. It's a clear nod to yeah. I'm pretty freaking excited for next season. Yeah. So it, it just feels like Swaggy Cal is back, and uh, it just it, the vibes around the program are back, man. Like you said, like after that St. Peter's loss, it just felt like the the wind was just taken out of the, the, this program's sails, and they were waiting for that kind of statement return. You know, statement and and it feels like we're kind of in the midst of it right now. Uh, And you know, DJ is something that Kentucky fans have been excited for a very long time. And all the numbers and attention that yesterday and engagement that yesterday came with uh, clearly, clearly reassured that. Hey, you know, I'm Big Blue Drew, but I gotta hammer this home, though, Jack. All that, all that we
1: just talked about is correct, but you gotta go win some damn games, some of these big games. I don't want to hear no early season struggles. This is a you've had a lot of these core guys for long enough. We can't lose this game 58 to 63. We need to be scoring in the 70s this year. I cannot watch any of those rock fights. Win the SEC. That's not asking, you know, a crazy amount for Kentucky basketball. So as much as the train's rolling full steam ahead, it cannot get off tracks with excuses of whatever. I mean, the schedule's brutal. You're gonna lose some games, but this team, Cal's team, they gotta go out and perform. So every the, the groundwork is laid and tonight, win the game.
0: Well, that wraps us up we will be back afterward for a, a post game hopefully it's happy hopefully it's as exciting as this one is uh, this was a lot of fun i really appreciate it drew uh, we'll, we'll we'll obviously get back to it later tonight yeah. but until then where can fans find your work uh,
1: just twitter at big blue drew 33 you can always check out a see a blue yeah thanks for having me i'm, ho- I'm hoping the vibes on, uh, if, we're, if we're on 65 uh, South or wherever we're doing it, are positive tonight. Let's celebrate a 10 point dub.
0: You can find me on Twitter as well at Jack KSR. Reach out to me via email jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back later tonight for our post game edition of the Champions Classic. We will see you then.